Hey guys, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast, where you will be inspired, encouraged, and transformed with powerful teachings and real stories of mental health. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling. If you are in a crisis, call or text your local crisis center or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Jesus is in our mental health, and freedom is where we start. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Well, hello, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. And I am really excited to have with me married couple, Marilyn and Brad Rhodes. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having yeah, us. They, yeah, we're, I'm super excited to have you guys. You have written this amazing book called The Grace Marriage and how the gospel and intentionality can transform your relationship. Um, there is so much wisdom. There's so much just real practical steps in this book. And um, I, I would say that the two of you are kind of really what makes this happen, but it's about God. It's about the gospel and bringing us closer to him and using your testimony to actually bring more people closer to God, not just get what they want or, you know, this performance-based gospel. And we're moving away from that into the real gospel. So I'd love it if you could both introduce yourselves and um, we can get into you guys sharing your testimony. Go ahead, babe. All right. So I'm Marilyn Rhodes and Brad and I have been married a little over 27 years. We've got five children, um, a son-in-law and another, another young man that we claim is our own. And we just, um, they're just on this journey of life's got us on in marriage and just mm-hmm. have pray that our testimony and what God's teaching us can help someone else along the way. So it's our hope uh, and prayer. I'm, I'm Brad Rhodes, the husband of Marilyn. <laughs> and um, I was a civil litigation attorney for about 22 years and through God's design, um, left the law practice completely and do full-time marriage ministry mm-hmm. and have been working with marriages individually through churches for the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years. So. Wow. That is amazing that you actually left the practice. So, so thankful that, you know, you followed that and listened. So how were things before you wrote this book? I'd love to hear how things well, used to be before God showed you what he wanted you to see. Well, I, our first year, we had great dating. Marilyn, Marilyn told me, said, Brad, you're great at dating. You are horrible at being married. So we, um, we had a great dating experience, but, uh, I think Marilyn, you might've been a tad disappointed post-wedding day. Uh, yes. I think I came with a few more expectations to marriage than he did. I think some that's often typical. Mm-hmm. We have these ideals as, as women, what, what life will look like. And I don't think Brad thought about it much and we, Dated so short, I don't recommend that. Moved to a new town. I started grad school. He started a law practice, and mm. we were both two selfish people, mm. expecting yeah. marriage to bring us more than it was. Now, I think Sorry. I was the I was a clear winner in the battle of selfishness <laughs> in our home. So, I mean, I was the we took her from Nashville to a place she loved to Owensboro, a place where she knew no one. Um, mm. Got involved in the law practice. Got to know a lot of people pretty much ignored Marilyn, left her home alone and sat all the time and then was then was frustrated that she wasn't impressed with me and felt like our biggest problem was a hypersensitive wife and you know within mm-hmm. a year it was in a, within a year we were in a well i was 
frankly, it sounds bad, but I was okay with it. Um, Marilyn mm-hmm. wasn't okay with it. And I'm glad Marilyn wasn't okay with it because the last thing I would have wanted is just to accept that norm as our future. Um, so yeah. by God's kindness, Marilyn wasn't okay with it and God moved and things are a lot different now. So, And I think that that's really common what you're sharing because you could defend yourself, Brad, and say that you are doing this for her, that you're doing it for the family, that you're wanting to provide for the family. And I think this is where it, it can be really hard for people that she wasn't feeling that, like she wasn't feeling loved. She wasn't feeling appreciated. So even though you could defend yourself and say that you're doing this for her and being a provider that she was not feeling loved and appreciated and supported. And this is where it can get, I mean, this is where I would say marriage counseling is helpful because you can get in and and have someone be able to hear and say, Oh, that's how you feel. Wow. Tell me more about that and where we can actively listen and hear each other instead of just see your perspective. I got a text from a guy last week that said, my eyes just opened up because their marriage has been really in a bad spot for a long time. He said, being protector provider is not enough. And he said, I finally, after all these years, realized that, that I actually need to love my spouse, give her grace and cherish her. And just feeling like I provide her a good home and I provide her a decent life and she, she, she contributes as well. But yeah, it was like, all of a sudden is like eyes opened up and it's like, Oh my goodness, this I've been, I've been wanting my entire marriage. Yeah. And you guys were Christian, correct? Like when you got married, you, okay. So I, I just want to state that. Cause I think a lot of times people be like, Oh, that's cause you weren't Christian or you weren't attending church. And this is in Christian communities where we struggle mm-hmm. with marriage and we don't understand the, just the power of the gospel. So how did how did God show up and how did this, this change? How did you kind of start speaking up Marilyn and actually be able to make an impact? Yeah. You know, I think you're right. And this is in, in Christian marriages as, as just as much Mm -hmm. as it is in people who don't know the Lord, because I think the world is really, we've bought into this perspective that marriage should just work. Mm -hmm. And then when it doesn't, there must be something wrong. We're not okay. Mm -hmm. And often people bail quickly or, just settle to be miserable or live Mm -hmm. coexisting and not in close relationship. So, and we also come, I think, to marriage so off what scripture teaches us. And, and so even as believers, often there's premarital counseling and there's crisis counseling, but no one's talking to us about really putting legs on what it looks like Mm -hmm. to be married in a way that brings God glory. So we, yeah. we got married and I'm thinking about all these things. I thought our marriage would look like it didn't look like it at all and I'm crying and I'm upset. And, and I went from a person that's pretty steady is, is my bend mm-hmm. to just upset on based on what Brad did or didn't do. And the things that I wanted out of marriage that it, it wasn't delivering. And about a year in when I just was asking the Lord, is this it? I, I can't believe this is, I was very disillusioned by marriage mm. itself and God, I just almost audibly heard him say, I'm your hope. It's mm. not Brad. It's not your, your marriage. It's me and, mm. and love me and love him the way I'm calling you to love him. And so I was really broken because my whole perspective had been on what I was wanting him to do for me. I mm. just, and Tim Keller said in the meaning of marriage, he talks about in the book that we, 
it's the institution was created by God and we don't honor the institution. We're getting married for ourselves mm. rather than seeing that this so is good. a beautiful institution that works. So yeah. when God shifted me out of, you're not giving me what I want. And then I'm going to give you a consequence because you're not, I'm going to withdraw. I'm going to be distance. I'm going to cry. I'm going to move away from you. Um, <laughs> that's what it looks like our first year. And it was a roller coster. And then when God, I went to Brad and I said, I am so sorry. I've put you in the place of God. I've not thought at all about what, how I'm called to love you. So I'm sorry. That's where my focus is going to be. I'm going to focus on my relationship with the Lord and just love you the way he's calling me to. And that was a huge shift for me and getting back to my hope being in Christ and not on the rocky road of what Brad was or wasn't doing. Mm. That's so good that we, I mean, so right there, I mean, Brad was an idol. Mm-hmm. Like he Absolutely. became, so I, I think that that can happen a lot and we're in, in mental health, we'd call that codependent, you mm-hmm. know, where we're codependent on where the other person's mood is at and how they are, they are, are they on a, do they have a good day or not a good day? And everything relies on that instead of God. Yes. So then what, how did you shift then Brad? So it sounds like well, here's Mary. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, so Marilyn got that and she, I mean, she just realized the sufficiency of Christ. He is enough for me, you know? And so our marriage probably went from bad, I mean, bad enough that she prayed Lord of my sins to a life of this to stable, but we still didn't have a good marriage because I was still not prioritizing the marriage. I was prioritizing building a law practice, prioritizing success, not prioritizing Marilyn. Uh, I was literally forced to go to a marriage conference um, that I didn't want to go to. When I mean forced, I mean I was forced. And um, by Marilyn? Went, no, no. I, had a, I had a very aggressive. <laughs> I had a very aggressive uncle. I love this uncle. <laughs> he had invited me like four times. And since if you don't want to do, if you don't want to do something, you can always come up with some reason. So it's like, ooh, I would love to that weekend, but I've got work, or we got something in the family. So I would always make excuses. So he called Marilyn, cleared our schedule at home. He called my office manager at the law practice, cleared my schedule at the office. Awesome. Then he bought my ticket. Then he invited Marilyn's dad. And he called me and invited me. I said, well, let me check. He said, well, I already did. You're cleared home. You're clear at work. Everything's good. I've already bought so your good. ticket. And, <laughs> and, Marilyn, and Marilyn's dad's going too. And I was like, oh my goodness. I'm, I'm, I'm hyper and a little ADD side. And I'm thinking eight hours of marriage teaching. I'm literally going to go nuts. I mean, it's like, and I, I mean, I, I thought pretty highly of me. So I didn't really see a lot of need for change. I mean, I was a, I was a big Brad fan, you know? So, so we, yeah. uh, but when I went, I mean, literally, it's like God just literally broke me. It said, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave his life for her. And I was given space. How do you lay down your life for Maryland? Said, write it down. I couldn't write anything down. I was in soft basketball leagues and softball leagues and law practice and growing a practice. And you live with your wife in an understanding way. How often do you just sit and listen to Maryland's emotions, talk to her, get into her world, show interest in her world for hours at a time? Never. It said, husbands, don't be harsh with your wives. I was sarcastic. I was rude. Mm. I mean, I'd make, she would literally cry and laugh at the same time. It because was it, funny. He I was, was a, you know, when he, when we would fight, he would say something that would make me laugh and I would be crying. Yeah. Like, I am still mad. I'm a funny man, you know, you know, the, the, old, the, old, the old funny man, you know, but, but so I'm, so I literally, I just thought, Lord, am I doing anything right? 
And the answer was no. I mean, I just thought, am I doing anything right? And then it just like, it just hit me. Like you've taken the most pure, beautiful thing that's ever happened to you this side of heaven. And you just made her miserable for a year. You've mm-hmm. just, and it just like, and I was like, oh my. But I remember having the vivid thought, she's still there. And she's still there, you know, far from Dumb and Dumber. I got a chance, you know? So, so I went by, so I went, so I went home and I said, look, babe, the only thing that's going to be different is everything. And I said, I don't expect you to believe me. I don't want you to believe me. But five years from now, I want you to ask yourself, did God change your husband? So I got in at 2 a.m. at 5.30 a.m. that same morning. Marilyn got up and was planting plants, um, which is kind of Marilyn's gig deal. So I, I got up on three hours sleep, walked outside, grabbed a shovel and said, where do you want me to dig? We're starting this thing today. And we started going to date once a week. And since then, I mean, I, I mean, we've been through we've been through it as a family health wise and all kinds of deaths and things, but, but I mean, marriage has been just a, a crazy gift and there's nobody in the world I enjoy more than Maryland. And we've been going on a date once a week for 27 years. And my last one was Monday night and some are good and some aren't, but man, we, we are committed to one another now. So. And it's still, it's something that our sufficiency and hope in Christ. I mean, it's something we have to be reminded of daily. Yeah, it's, it's not that we got it that first year and it's been a picnic. No. Marriage is no. work. Anything in life that is important to us, we we understand parenting is work, our jobs are work, a talent that we hone or a skill, but we expect marriage to be easy, but it's not. I mean, going on a date once a week, it's not always easy. And we have five mm-hmm. kids. It was really hard. And often I didn't feel like a date or stretches where I was down. We had a year of being depressed and I cried every single date. I mean, it's not always pretty, but when when the focus is Christ and then loving your spouse, it's, it's beautiful, even in the hard. It's a battle to fix your thing, your eyes on things above, not on earthly things. It's a battle not to become self-focused. And my mentor, I one time sent this long email about all my struggles and how he could pray for me and what I'm really wrestling with. And his response was, Brad, with all due respect, get over yourself. (laughs) He said, I would much rather you call and tell me, here's what Marilyn's going through. Here's how I'm thinking about serving her. Uh, Here's, he said, mm -hmm. he said, but you are like this big self-improvement project. He said, why don't you be, put your focus on loving others and not just looking at yourself all the time, just trying to make yourself better. Wow. That's so good. And so many of us do that. Like we're so self-focused and the world really kind of keeps us that way and even some churches the messages are on how you can improve yourself and again that's not a bad thing it's not a bad thing to improve yourself but the focus is like how do we get off that focus like how do we move into operating in this place of a grace marriage instead of this self-focused it's all about me do you want to start me on you me too well it i think it it takes daily being reminded i mean it's my it's my relationship with Christ that that is the fuel for me to be able to do this, Brad, with our kids, with anybody I'm in relationship with, mm-hmm. because we're so, our flesh, so naturally, our, our knee-jerk is self, our knee-jerk is self-defense when we're frustrated mm-hmm. or upset. And, and so it takes um, considering what Christ did. I mean, memorizing verses that help, like, set your minds on things above, uh, set a guard over my mouth. Sometimes I scream that verse at myself when I want to just say everything I'm thinking, just Lord, just, I need just to place a big cage over my mouth right now. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to look good. And I just need to 
to love who's in front of me. I mean, we think Christ, while we were sinners, he died for us. And how am I to love Brad? How am I to love my family like that? And so when Brad frustrates me, I'll even start praying right then. We were at you know, the start of a date and kind of hurt my feelings. I'm naturally sensitive by nature. He's not so sensitive by nature. And I want to just then withdraw. So my natural response is to want to just hold up and think, no, I, I'm going to move towards him, not away from him. And that's what we talk about throughout, throughout the Grace Marriage book and any of our materials that we're so naturally bent on this performance-based approach to marriage and life, mm-hmm. but a grace-based approach is, is, is not making it about that. It's, hey, instead of taking offense, I'm going to move towards Brad. I'm not mm. going to let us have a bad day just because he hurt my feelings with that comment. Mm. I might share with him, hey, that we might have a discussion about it, but I'm going to move towards him and, and we're going to have a good relationship. We can, we'll mess up. All of us are going to mess up daily, but you just, when you're in a grace approach, you get over things so much faster. You can even laugh about it and have a bad night and laugh about it the next day. Oh, good. And Romans 6.14 says, sin will have no dominion over you because you're under grace, not law. But it doesn't say sin will have no dominion over you because you'll become such a mature, strong believer that acts so well that sin won't mess you up. Mm. I mean, our hope is the forgiveness of grace in Jesus. So we say in marriage, sin will have no dominion over a marriage if the marriage is under grace, not law. So when Marilyn and I put each other under grace, I mean, she messes up. I mess up. I mess up a lot more than her. But but I, well, we both still mess up. Oh, I do too. You know, baby. But um, but the reality is, it's now. It's like we we assume a need not take offense. So if I come home and Marilyn's just over the edge with our kids, and our kids are are very good at getting you to the edge and then kind of getting you over. Our our kids are gift gifted there, but. Um, <laughs> But when I, before I would be like, Marilyn, calm your voice. Don't talk to me like that. Don't do this. Don't do that. And now that I understand grace, it's like, oh, Marilyn, Marilyn needs help. It's not all about me, you know? And it's like, it's shifting from an offense mentality to a rescue mentality, not taking offense at the outward manifestation, but giving grace and realizing that your spouse needs help. Because mm-hmm. now what happens when somebody gets in a bad spot, when you're in a ditch, you don't act great when you're in the ditch. So we, we get offended by how they act in the ditch and basically withdraw from them and say, if you, if, when you get strong enough to pull yourself out of that ditch, let's reconnect. Mm-hmm. When in reality, scripture says, pity the man that falls, there's no one to help him up. And in marriage, if Marilyn's in a ditch, it's, it's, it's my job it's her, to help her out of the ditch and vice versa. So now I think that once we got grace better, instead of one of us having a bad day or being a little off, it doesn't throw the marriage off anymore. Mm-hmm. It actually mm-hmm. makes the marriage stronger because it shows what a gift it is that we have somebody to come alongside us in time of trouble. Now this doesn't mean grace is, and we talk. there's a whole section in the book about that. Grace is not overlooking abuse, mm-hmm. infidelity, those, those mm-hmm. things. That's, that's not what we're talking about when we're talking about grace here. And it doesn't mean you don't talk about issues. Uh, right. It's it's important. Uh, sometimes the most loving thing you can do is go to your spouse and say, "Hey, I'm actually trying to move towards you because if we don't talk about this, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a brick in this wall that's mm-hmm. gonna develop between us. It's gonna be a root of bitterness or cause mm-hmm. withdrawal and not connect emotionally. So we absolutely still talk about issues, and sometimes that is grace to go to yeah. your spouse with an issue. We just yeah. set some parameters yeah. on that. But day to day issues of life when they're 
extenuating circumstances or life throws lots of hard things at all of us. Those are the times where we want to have that approach to um, have a rescue approach to go in there and jump in and help your spouse. And it's God's kindness that leads to repentance. We don't act pretty when we're hurting, but when Brad responds kindly, when I'm not doing so well, it, it exposes my struggle and I'm actually quicker to a place of repentance. So it might appear this seems a little scary to offer grace, but in fact, you're actually leaving room for the spirit to work. And you'll find that think the growth is quicker and faster and easier in an atmosphere of grace than it is holding, holding each other accountable to every little thing. And to elaborate too, it's like, cause you know, as a the therapist, it's grace is not enabling ongoing destructive behavior. It's not like, oh, my husband's husband's just a gambling addict, so I'm just going to love my gambling addict. No, it takes intervention. It takes, you know, my husband's got a destructive anger problem. I'm just going to love him despite his anger problem. No, being a helpmate is is being used by God to help him overcome those things. And there there are consequences and things that come along with it. But Grace, like Marilyn said, it's just just the day-to-day stuff. I come home from work. I'm stressed. Something didn't go well. I'm a little distance and cold. She moves toward me, not away from me. Yeah, that's a, I, I really appreciate you bringing up that point because I think that's one of the things that can move people away from from the gospel. And I would say mm-hmm. I just think some people don't even understand it true. and don't even understand what grace is. Like, I think some people think grace is like what you said, like, you know, allowing somebody to just be abusive. And that's not grace. That no. That is not what grace is at all. So could you explain what grace is, just kind of the definition of it and how it is the gospel? Yeah, it is. You think, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The ultimate act of sacrificial grace. So we're enemies of God, rebelling against God, dead in our trespasses. And He loved God loved us so much that He sent His only Son to die and be sacrificed on a cross. And then He says, how are we to love others like we've been loved? So what, what, what grace is, it's just, it's unmerited favor. It's just, it's a choice to love. And it's just, I love you. I don't love you because you do this or because you don't do this. I just love you, period. And the receipt of grace, the receipt of grace is just recognizing that he rescued me. Why? Look at the Psalms. He rescued me because he delights in me. It's hard for me to think God looks down at me and says, man, this is my son whom I'm, I'm well pleased with Brad. I delight in him. He's amazing. He's cool. He's this. He's apple of my eye. That's in the Psalms as well. And then you, you live in a state of confidence because you live in a state of Sabbath rest with angst about nothing, light burden, easy yoke, rested soul. You're not living like most believers, perpetually feeling like you're not quite what you should be, but working hard to try to get there. And then living in seasons of not trying and then trying too hard and getting discouraged and not trying and trying too hard to get discouraged. But you can live in a state of stability in the peace of God because your hope is in his perfection, not your quest for perfection. And, you know, we all love a beautiful love story. And it's the most beautiful love story ever told. Mm-hmm. And we're the one being pursued by Christ. Mm-hmm. So it really is the prettiest picture of that. Mm-hmm. And then our marriage is when we see that that marriage is to be the picture of the gospel of Christ mm-hmm. and the church. Then yes. we realize my marriage with Brad, it's so much bigger than just us. 
Yeah. We have an opportunity to display, to put legs on this beautiful gift of what Christ has done for me. When we do this in marriage, it's it's beautiful, and then it's it draws others to the gospel of Christ. How do you how did you get there? And I only got there because of Christ. And they're like, "Tell me about Him." And and it frees you from just living frustrated. I mean, Meryl and I, there's not too many different people than Meryl and I. Sensitive, not sensitive. Loves the play in arts, can't stand the play in arts. Sports addict. Marilyn didn't even know who Adolf Rupp was. I mean, it was like, but. And I'm very like, I like structure and list and I like to break my day down to 10 minutes. Marilyn just like, Marilyn said, if I did life like you, I'd be the most miserable human in the world. <laughs> it's, so, I mean, so I tend to get frustrated before I understand grace, I'd get frustrated. Marilyn, you can't just roll through life and it all work out. And Marilyn's like, yes, why not? Marilyn, why, <laughs> why not? It's worked so far. But, but, but since I got that, I just let Marilyn be Marilyn and love Marilyn and Marilyn lets me and loves me and it all works. And, I, no longer are we frustrated that we're different and have different faults. Mm. Yeah. And I, I want to just bring a point that I feel isn't always paid attention to is the fact that you have to choose to accept and receive the free gift of salvation. Right. Yes. So like even you attending that conference, Brad, you had to receive the message that was given, that was very powerful, very impactful. You needed to hear it. It was like the perfect timing, but you could have pushed that away. Um, and I would say for me, some of what I analyze because I'm a mental health therapist is I think because of people's woundedness, they struggle to even receive the mm -hmm. gift of salvation, the, the free gift, because they're like, no, I don't deserve it because they've all this trauma and these lies in the back mm -hmm. saying, you're no good. You're not worthy. And so, and we're kind of getting to the end here, but I would love if you could kind of quickly talk about what about people who do have a lot of wounds and, and things that don't even have to do with each other's, you know, with marriage, it's really about the baggage they brought together as a couple. And now it's like, okay, now I'm married to you, but I have all this trauma and all this stuff that's here. You're in the ditch all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, so I'm, I'm helping you out of the ditch all the time. I can't be your savior. Could you just talk yeah. a little bit about that? Yeah, there, there has to be a mutuality in marriage. You know, there has to be, it just can't be just one person and the other person's not even involved. But the reality is we all have baggage and what drives our reactions are a lot more based upon our life experience than we realize. And it's oftentimes seems to be the spouse that triggers it, but it's, so if you ever see something that the response seems out of proportion to what occurred, there's probably something going on below that. And when you really get into each other's world and you give grace and you communicate and you understand one another and that occurs, it doesn't have to throw the marriage off in a ditch because I realize, you know, it's, it's, it's not all about me. You know, it's like Marilyn might be she's discouraged about some of how our kids are doing or what's going on, or it might be something that she went through growing up or all these things. But I think people live too much on the surface and give marriage too much credit and too much blame. But when you have an understanding and you have grace, then, you know, it says mercy trumps over judgment, you know, mercy trumps over judgment. So it's like, wow, like that. That year, Marilyn was depressed and anxious. It's real complicated why she was depressed and anxious. And you could get the best therapist in the world, and they probably could have figured out exact 
probably why, but my job was to love my depressed, anxious wife. And, and Marilyn, when she came out of it, said, thank you for not, mm-hmm. she was, thank you for not telling me to read the Bible more, to exercise, to get more sleep. And she, was, uh, Brad, I, she said, Brad, I was barely getting by. Mm-hmm. She was, Brad, if, if you had told me these things, I had known they were right. I just couldn't do it. I'd have felt even worse about myself. And she called me on the phone. And I remember one time she was, Brad, I'm happy. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. She goes, I forgot what it felt like to be happy. And she goes, and thank you so much for the last year for just letting me walk my journey and loving me. So it's, we, we all have ups and downs. We all get down. We all get up. We all have seasons. We all have that. And so I think it's just loving each other through the seasons um, and just till death do us part. You meant till death do us part. It's not like I love you when you're happy. I don't love you when you're depressed. It's yeah. also important too. I think if someone doesn't understand grace they can't offer it mm-hmm. so to, to your good. point i think yeah. it's really important if you aren't feeling that to pursue christ in that um talk to a therapist if you're someone who's living in condemnation it's it's really hard to if you're really hard on yourself not to be hard on others mm-hmm. and so um, bathing yourself in books that that talk about the gospel, not, mm-hmm. not maybe a list of to do's. You don't want to be on that, on a works based yeah. pursuit of getting better. Yeah. If you're, yeah. if you're being really hard on yourself. I remember one time when I was in that place, I said to a friend, I don't want to read one more thing that I'm supposed to be doing. It's just going to show me mm-hmm. how I'm failing more. Yeah. And so I think yeah. it's really important what you're, what you're taking in. So in just, books that are gospel bathed mm-hmm. things that will help you and pray mm-hmm. for God to show you through his spirit. Show me what this is, God, if you mm-hmm. don't understand it, you know, God, he tells us if we ask, he will give us wisdom. And so mm-hmm. ask him to help yeah. you and then seek counsel and ask what are good things that will help me understand this so I can receive it so that I can then offer it to the people I love. I talked mm-hmm. to a, P- a PhD neurologist who said basic, a lot of counselors can actually do more harm than good. He said, because like he said, so I've got, I've got a patient struggles with understanding grace, struggle with being a perfectionist. They go to the counselor and the counselor says, this is what you need to do to grow. So the counselee gets it, doesn't do it well, and then feels even worse about themselves and spirals even more through the counsel because the counselor was pointing to the individual to fix themselves through self-effort when part of the reason the counselee was there in the first place, because they tried that so hard to a point of exhaustion and anger. Mm -hmm. Amen. Which is why a good counselor needs to lead people to Jesus, not to, um, I mean, I see this so much myself where people like, I don't, the last thing I want is for them to keep wanting to come to me. It's like, no, I'm not like, you need to be, my hope is that you get closer to Jesus, Mm -hmm. not me. And, and just, but it's, yeah. And being careful to not have that be back to performance base. And so I thank you guys so much for this message. Um, before I have you guys pray, is there anything else that you're like, I really wanted to make sure that I shared this and I didn't get to share. Is there anything else that you wanted to make sure that we talked about? I just said, we have a real heart for marriage and people do premarital, then they get married and they just don't do anything and they slowly drift into a bad spot and it, it grieves us. So 
our, our heart is that every Bible believing church would have an ongoing marriage ministry that's effective. And that's what we do at Grace of Marriage. We equip churches with ongoing mm-hmm. marriage ministries. So if you're in a church that doesn't have an ongoing marriage ministry discipleship process, go to gracemarriage.com. Um, we just want to encourage marriages. You can do it. You can do Grace Marriage individually. Go to gracemarriage.com as well. Hopefully the books have some encouragement, the Grace Marriage. But uh, we just want marriage to be held in honor among all and people to grow in an understanding of grace and a giving of grace through the institution of marriage God gave us for his glory. You know, one thing I would add to is we talk about grace plus intentionality, and we didn't get mm-hmm. much to the intentionality piece. And mm-hmm. we're in a, a culture now where our phones, technology, mm-hmm. everything is screaming for our attention. We're in a child-centered culture as well. So if you have children, the focus is there, the focus is work, make space for your marriage. Um, mm-hmm. It's outside our relationship with Christ. It's the number one most important relationship. We have five children. I know how demanding that is, but if if we don't have a good marriage, we're not being good parents. The Amen. best thing we can do for our kids is have a good marriage. So I would encourage mm-hmm. you to make space, date. It's number one outside our relationship with Christ. The best thing we do for our marriage is go on a date once a week. So those that's, that's what I would add towards the end there. So good. Yeah. So could you guys pray for us? Pray for the listeners. Want me to start, Brad? Yeah, you, you can go ahead and pray that. Okay. Father God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to share today the um, the hope that we have. And it's in you, Christ. It's in you alone. And Lord God, I pray for every listener who's there, if they don't know you, that you would just draw them into a love relationship with yourself, that you would help them understand the beauty of the beautiful gift that we've been offered through you. And um, Lord God, for those that are believers and that are struggling to get that, um, I know that that's something that we all battle. Um, Satan's the great accuser and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but you came to give life, life to the full, even in the hard. We're in a broken world, God, but you are at work um, undoing the brokenness through the gift of yourself so that we can have salvation and then um, live that out in our lives. So Lord God, we just pray for the marriages um, that are listening. And Lord God, may we have marriages that uh, are magnets to you, Lord Jesus, that we would have beautiful marriages that would then encourage others in their marriages. Lift all these things up in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you both so much. This was really, really a gift to have you and to hear your story. Um, so people can go to gracemarriage.com. I feel like I found a different website. Um, is that, I just wanted to make sure it's, that it's Grace Marriage, just yeah, somewhere in your book I was reading. Great, great, yeah, um, gracemarriage.com is the, is the website. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Even, and then if to get your book, it's on the website or Amazon. You, you could go to our website and go to shop and get the book there you can get it at amazon barnes and nobles you can get the get it pretty much anywhere so okay and then people also can you just kind of explain a little bit more of the other things that you offer i know you just said churches often hire you can you just explain a little bit about what people yeah what what you guys offer absolutely what we do is we equip the local church with an ongoing marriage ministry so it's the church's marriage ministry we provide everything from promotion to schedule to curriculum to everything so that a church very quickly can have a very good marriage ministry without them having to create it so it's we, we've been doing it over 10 years so it's it's really evolved so the church can start out way ahead of the game 
So, so that's what we do. We equip local churches with marriage ministries, and then we help couples if they wanted to do grace marriage at home and do it themselves and get on investment track. But right now, our prim our primary mission right now is 72% of churches have no marriage ministry, according to Communio Barna study. And every church needs to disciple and shepherd marriage because you can't just pour a bunch of money in children and youth and overcome family dysfunction and broken marriage. So it's, mm. uh, we tell churches that a family ministry with children and youth and no marriage is like a two-legged stool that won't stand. It doesn't That's, work. So it's, it's uh, marriage ministry needs to be as prominent or more prominent than children and youth ministry for us to ever gain any traction. Amen. It's very good. Well, thank you so much. It's been a joy having you. Thank you. Oh, it's been a joy to be with you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.